Welcome to the Nutritious and Delicious podcast with me, Bethany. My mission is to support busy parents all over the world to learn time management while taking care of your nutritional, physical, and mental health. After all, a healthy family starts with a healthy parent. So today I'm super excited. I have Angela here. And Angela is a human resource executive. She's a wife and a mom. And Angela learned the need to take prioritize herself and the missed sorry, the busyness here. So it is commitment to taking the cliche out of self-care, and she turned the need into a passion for coaching. She works with overwhelmed, driven, do-it-all women to help them take more meaningful time for themselves. So welcome, Angela. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm excited to be here talking with you. Um, and that's right. I really did find a, a purpose in coaching, in coaching those driven, do-it-all women um, to take meaningful time for themselves, to catch a relieving breath, to do more of what brings them energy and joy. Yeah. Because somewhere along the line, um, we were taught or we assumed, or I'm not even sure where we picked it up, that we had to be everything for yeah. everyone. And I, and I speak from this place from personal experience. There's been a journey for myself of really embracing self-care, which I see as an element of self-discovery. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really do work to take the, the stigma, the surface level stigma out of self-care. It can be a face mask. It, it can be a manicure, mm -hmm. uh, but more likely than not, it's, it's not those things. Um, those are a really great moment, uh, but they yeah. really don't have lasting impact for discovering who you are, um, where your space is, and how you can prioritize yourself amongst amongst your busy life. Um, we still want to be productive, we want to have achievements, we want to do things, um, but we really want to take care of ourselves within that element so that we can show up better uh, for our priorities and for our people. Exactly. So Angela here today is going to talk about seven ways to improve your lifestyle right now. And I actually want Angela just to kind of give us a brief, like a brief note here of what these seven elements are that actually we are going to learn today. And we're going to talk a little bit about each one of them. So Angela, what are these seven ways to improve our lifestyle? Perfect. Uh, okay. So when I work with clients, when I work with myself, I'm really focusing on seven, seven main areas of mm -hmm. self-care. Uh, so we have physical, psychological, emotional, social, occupational, environmental, and spiritual. And when I list those, I always like to say, please don't be overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So here we are in this self-care journey, right? We already have a lot going on. We're trying to find time for ourselves. And here I spit out, yeah, here's these seven spaces that I want you to excel at. Um, that's not what it is. Yeah. <laughs> So when I'm working with clients, what we're doing is those seven areas, I would say that you're not doing perfectly in any of them at any, at any given time. It's really a balance. So mm -hmm. if, if one of them is really great and one of them's suffering, we're just kind of working to, to shift the wheel just a little bit um, so that you can be taking care of yourselves better in the areas that mean the most to you. So when I'm working with clients on those, we're really focusing on which one of those areas will have the most impact for you to right. start working on today. Um, so then as we go through each of those seven, you're just kind of keeping an eye on um, the descriptions of, oh yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. that one I could probably use a little bit of help on. Do you, don't do, by seven. do you find when you work with people and you sort of pick out the seven, are you kind of starting with the one that they're probably the weakest at that you starting to notice? 
generally speaking, yes, we're going to narrow in on the, on the one that they're mm -hmm. suffering with the most. Yeah. However, I will say that these seven cross over a lot with each other. Yeah. Um, so there might be a something that you can do that actually touches on two or three of these at one time to really lift them up. And then also, as I go through them, there's there's a kind of a tripod. I love them all, but I kind of favor three. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'll start with one, I'll close with one, and then I've got one of them that's just a couple in, and I kind of consider them like the, the legs of a three-legged table. Right. If, if you can be more solid in those spaces, generally speaking, the rest of them are easier to make momentum in. Yeah. I like that analogy because when you think about a table, you gotta have, you know, something sturdy to hold you up. And I find a lot of moms and myself included back in the day, it was like there was a toothpick holding up the house or a toothpick holding up the table. And it's so unbalanced that eventually it's gonna flip. And that's exactly when moms are kind of crashing, they're feeling overwhelmed. So it's a great way to kind of give that analogy and talk about it, right? So yeah. give us um, your first one here. All right, let's go. So. Physical self-care, it's one of the three legs of the table. Um, physical self-care, I think people think of quite a bit, but it really covers all of those really basic biological needs. Mm -hmm. So this is taking care of your physical body, movement, physical health, nutrition, hydration, sleep, rest. Mm -hmm. um, these are these things that just keep your body moving, just generally speaking. Um, it's so basic, but at the same time, a lot of moms aren't doing it. And I, I find especially like new moms because they're putting themselves last. Yes. And this is one where I warn of when women are looking at these areas of self-care, I really want them to be doing it without judgment. Because mm -hmm. when we when we list off that physical area and we list all of those things, it's very easy as a woman with societal standards mm -hmm. to say, I'm failing at those. I should look like this. I should be like that. I should be able to do that because other people can. I want those judgments to be released. So when mm -hmm. we look at physical self-care, um, it's very easy to say, I'm going to fix all of those things at one time. I'm gonna drink water, I'm gonna eat better, and I'm gonna exercise, you know, and I'm gonna get a lot of sleep. Yeah. Oh my goodness, if you try to tackle those all at one time, you're gonna fail miserably because yeah. it's near impossible. So I really encourage that if there is, if there's room to be had in physical self-care, you focus on one. Definitely. So we focus on that one in a small way. So if you're not exercising, it's just thinking of movement. How can I introduce more movement into my day? Not full-fledged workout mm -hmm. program, just how can I get up from my space, move around a little bit, shift my energy, and then go back to what I was doing. So very small progress, but physical self-care is one of the, the three legs of the table. Yeah, I think it's a core one because it's, again, when you're physically moving your body around, you're increasing that blood flow, that circulation, and it also helps combat a lot of depression as well. And a lot of moms yeah. do suffer with that and anxiety. Like for myself, um, even if I couldn't get to the gym and I had little kids on my hands, I noticed I started cleaning. And it was interesting mm -hmm. because it wasn't because I wanted to clean, it's because I was trying to get the anxiety out of my body. And the only way I kind of knew how in that moment was to like vacuum <laughs> or yes. something or, or you know go through shelves or something like that. And for me, it was, I still needed that exercise part. And I was telling my body I wanted to exercise, but I just wasn't getting out and doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you touched on an excellent point that that movement creates an energy shift that does have a huge mental impact. And like spoiler alert, um, that movement, as you said, in relation to cleaning, mm -hmm. one of the others that's coming up at occupation or not occupational, but environmental um, would have hit on two of those, those self-care areas um, mm -hmm. just by introducing that little bit alone. Definitely. So what would you say the second one is? I know these aren't in order, but what would you say the second one would be? Right. 
Uh, psychological self-care. So we don't talk about this one as much, and especially in this regard. But this is taking care of your mind, uh, learning new things, being mindful, being creative. So a lot of times we kind of get stuck in our routines. We get mm -hmm. stuck in our habits. And even if there's something we enjoy, we don't really put forth the effort to learn more about it because we learned some about it, we're doing it, and then we kind of stop right there because how on earth are we going to fit in any time to learn more about it? Right. Um, this is really about diving into things that interest you so that you can start kind of creating new pathways within your brain, thinking of things a little bit differently, getting excited about something mm -hmm. so that that in your routine and that thing that you enjoy, you kind of lit up about it again. Mm -hmm. um, on the side of that, so there's the very forward, I'm going to learn things, I'm going to kind of light that flame again. There's also the being mindful. Um, so here I am, I, I'm doing all these things, but where am I? I'm, I'm in my office and what do I need to do? You know what, all I need to do right now is be here with you and, and, and talking to you about this and be fully immersed in this, mm -hmm. of just kind of narrowing yourself in and giving yourself that space to process or to focus or to learn, um, to be creative. And that's not even just in a, I'm going to write lyrics to a song or paint, mm -hmm. but you know, I have this, this issue at work. How can I think of that differently? How can I come up with a creative solution to deal with that? I like that one. It makes me think of when you have sort of, you tell yourself I have that like mommy brain and it's, and it, I, I remember experiencing this one too, where you go from sort of having a career and, and using your brain to kind of being at home and you feel like, man, I feel um, like uneducated or, you know, like I've got this mommy brain going on now. And I like that element because it's putting creativity back into learning things. So that could be like reading books, I guess. Um, and I've heard mom say that too, like there's nothing for me, like I'm always so focused on my kids. And for me, when I flourish, I like to be creative. So it's interesting to hear that because if we aren't filling up that part of ourselves as well, um, creativity for a lot of people, like it can be in so many different ways, um, mm -hmm. learning, reading about yourself, anything, um, learning a new skill. It, it sort of fills up that, that side of you where you feel like, what am I doing for me? Yes, yes. And I love the focus on, so many times I'm helping women to, it's self-care, right? Mm -hmm. So really it's coming down to self. Right. Um, we are not put here to be anything. We are put here to be us and then put our put ourselves in our full authenticity into these spaces. So regardless of which space you are in your life, you are yourself in that moment. Mm -hmm. So what can you be doing to fill yourself up within that? So like your example of if you were previously working a career and you had these things going on and now you find yourself in a new element, element home with the kids, well, mm -hmm. how can you be you within that space? How can you fill that space up? What right. can you be doing that you weren't doing before? So much of it is just breaking the habits and routine that you have. Definitely, that's a great one. So what's number three? Okay, another leg of the table. Emotional self-care. Oh, that one's big. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is giving your emotions space. Um, simply acknowledging that you have them. A lot of a lot of people that I talk to or work with um, aren't even great at acknowledging that they're having feelings. Right. Um, so then once you're acknowledging them, you're navigating them. This is increasing empathy and compassion for yourself and for others. Um, and it's managing stress effectively. So um, Bethany, you and I had chatted a little bit about this from my personal side. Um, I had a great childhood, but validating emotions was not something that we spoke of. Right. So here I was in my 30s learning what validating emotions meant, learning that I had feelings, 
um, that they go up and down, that I can let them go up and down, that I can acknowledge that they're there, that I can process that, and that all of that is valid. That I don't have to just go feel better. Um, yeah. I don't have to be happy. Um, but rather, every emotion you have is part of this uh, part of the spectrum that ultimately leads you to the solutions that you have. So, you know, when we talk about being parents, here I was as an adult learning how to validate emotions. Um, and then I have two children who have plenty of emotions. And the only way I knew how to parent was the way in which I had been parented. Right. So I had this very enlightening moment for myself that if I was going to be a better me, then I was going to be a better parent. Right. And I was going to then spread this over into my children so that they have the skill set that they can carry forward too. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of time that I'm working with myself and my clients falls in this emotional self-care space. This is, this is huge because we give so much compassion and empathy to our children. So having compassion for ourselves, um, I think that's where a lot of moms, you know, are struggling right now, right? So we have so much empathy and compassion for our children. And it, I find it's lacking so much with moms. Are you seeing kind of the same thing? Oh goodness, yes. Um, so one of the main areas that, well, I'll fess up that I had to deal with and that I've been dealing with clients on is limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. Right. Um, we can look at, at, at others, our children, our employees, our coworkers, our family, and we can lift them up so high. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to ourselves, the things that we say to ourselves internally, mm -hmm. we wouldn't dream of yeah. speaking to anybody else. So really what I'm working with clients on in the emotional self-care space is understanding that until you can talk to yourself kindly, until you can love and accept, accept yourself for mm -hmm. every flaw and strength you have, you can't truly love and accept everybody else because to see those in yourself is to find comparison in others. Right. It's really a matter of finding and being secure with who you are and showing up fully in those spaces and it, it, it helps you to have more compassion and understanding for those who are around you. It, it almost feels like it's like an unconditional love. It's like we have unconditional love for our children and you know they can never do no wrong in our eyes, but for ourselves, we're very critical and we compare ourselves to other, other women, other moms, um, and we judge ourselves with like a big, you know, a big stick, right? Definitely. Yes, we have these expectations of who we should be when um, there's a common phrase of I am enough. Mm -hmm. um, I, ha I found the need to add I am enough as I am. Yeah. Because for me to say I am enough insinuates that there's a comparison point to that that perhaps I could be not enough in, in any given scenario. So I am enough as I am, which mm -hmm. means in any space that I'm showing up in my life, where I am, how I'm coming to that. And if I'm bringing myself forward in a way that I know is respectful for me, I am enough as I am in that moment. That's perfect. That's like saying, you know, I, I'm doing as much as I can and giving myself credit mm -hmm. for it. You know, I'm putting, putting what I can out there. That's wonderful. Yeah. So what's our number four? Number four is, is social self-care. So there's okay. kind of two elements of this. Um, it does have to do with relationships. But on one side, it has to do with knowing that you have a, a supportive group and network around you that you can trust and you can turn to. Right. Um, having that kind of support is really important and you, you kind of get to build some of that. It's also asking for help when you need it. Hmm. <laughs> we can be truly awful at asking for help when we need it because if we, yeah. if we ask for help, we feel it shows some sort of weakness. Mm -hmm. um, or, or we weren't able to get that done on our own when instead we should be realizing we're not here to get any of that done on our own. Um, we are one amongst a 
great community. Um, and we get to build the people who are around us and we should be able to lean on them for support and be able to come forth in our vulnerability and not feel like that is a failure on our part. And we should be here to support and lift each other up. Um, this also has to do with honoring commitments that you make within your boundaries mm -hmm. and for just making time, for spending time with people who you connect with, um, who you share a true connection with that make you feel loved and valuable and, and supported. That's a big, that's a big one. I noticed um, that came up for me because I noticed when I first had my first baby, I had a really hard time asking for help. And um, it was, I think, a feeling of I can do this myself and I shouldn't have to ask for help, you know, like I'm a strong enough person. Um, but for me, it kind of got brought to my knees on, on it when, you know, I did become a single parent, unfortunately. So for me, I had to ask for help because I couldn't do it alone. Um, what having two kids versus, you know, just having one. So it's, it's more of a, a feeling I think of like, again, feeling good enough, um, that, you know, you can do this and, and sometimes you need that resource and, and those help, the helpful people around you. Um, and that's why I also built like my mommy membership and the community of women around because we need other women to also lean on as well and who understand yeah. us and understand those same feelings. So I totally get that one. Yeah. When I say I work with driven, overwhelmed, driven, doing all women, it, that is very intentional. Um, the do it all, um, because this really is a demographic that feels that they can and will yeah. do it all. The overwhelmed is because you are going to get overwhelmed if you really try to, right. to see that through. And driven, I don't want to take anyone's drive away. We really want to preserve that. So let's fix the do it all and, and make it healthy. Let's address the overwhelm so that that driven can be for what we really find um, drives that person. And it usually falls within values. So exactly. very intentional the way that I put that together. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's so many things in here, like nuggets and stuff. So what is our number five then? I'm curious about this one. Number five, this is occupational self-care or professional self-care. Mm -hmm. So this is what you do. Um, be it that you're a, a stay-at-home mom, a part-time employee, a volunteer, a full-time employee, whatever it is, it's what you do to share your strengths and gifts. Mm -hmm. So like I said, we are put here to be ourselves and we all come with, the, with these strengths and gifts. And I've always been one to play off of strengths. Weaknesses, we can work on them as needed, but strengths are really where you're going to shine. Mm -hmm. It's going to be where you're the most happy. So within those spaces, how are you using your strengths and gifts within them? We might not always be in our ideal job mm -hmm. or in our ideal stage of life, but we can still bring forward our strengths and gifts to make that moment a better moment. So it's really some self-discovery that's happening within that occupational space. Um, living your purpose is another way that you could say that, that people hear a lot. And it's having occupational boundaries. Um, so whichever of those um, jobs you're, you're carrying, it's making sure that you're taking care of yourself within them. If you work a day straight through and don't take a moment to mm -hmm. set aside to, to eat a meal um, by yourself intentionally, and that's just one example, um, you might not be practicing the best occupational boundaries for yourself. Definitely. Yeah, I, I can touch on this one quite a bit because obviously I started um, working as a nurse in the diet industry and I went from sort of a job and it wasn't a job that I disliked. It was just a job that I didn't feel like I was being fulfilled in because I wasn't actually helping people properly. Um, now being a stay-at-home mom and working with other moms and using that gift to help other women. So having that medical background and, and also having been through postpartum depression myself, 
and also being a widow, I've given people a lot of um, the trials and tribulations of what I've learned and being able to pass that on and it fulfills me. On the other aspect, I hear the boundaries. That's another thing I've had to learn being self-employed. Um, one aspect is uh, client boundaries and also the time of day they're contacting me when I'm with my children. And then the other aspect is when my children are interrupting me when I have important things to do. So these are the things I've really had to hone down on and learn in the last few years, which it's hard to do. Um, yes. No one's perfect, but you have to sort of establish that like this is, I need to work on this right now. And then I have my family time and separate them. Right. And I mean, in, in all the examples you just presented, something about this occupational self-care mm -hmm. showed up. So I think a lot of times when people see that, they think, well, it's just my job. Well, your job can mean quite a few different things. Yeah. And a boundary is just something that you put in place to help protect yourself. So no matter what that job is, stay-at-home mom, part-time, volunteer, full-time, anything in between, mm -hmm. it's a matter of, yes, this, this thing is not serving me i need to put something in place to at least try to help rein it in definitely and i've noticed for myself included especially with the boundary aspect whether it's being a mom and having boundaries there or you know working um if those boundaries aren't there or they're being leaked i don't start to feel good inside i'm either giving too much of myself in one mm -hmm. aspect um and it's usually more that direction, I would say, than sort of, and I find a lot of moms do that. It's like they say yes instead of no when they don't either have the time, the patience, um, the resources. And you really have to look at that. Like, well, why do you keep saying yes to these things that you can't really commit to, whether you don't have the energy and stuff. And, and same with my boys too. Like I've had to sort of find that balance too of, um, you know, I don't have sort of the resource of energy right now to sort of have to deal with it. So I need that space for half an hour and I know how I feel if I don't. So it's really looking, I think, at, you know, where does where does my boundaries begin and end? Yes, both up in emotional and social self-care yeah. that we already covered. Um, there's a lot of talking about boundaries. So and within emotional self-care, I think one of the biggest pieces about self-care, instead of face masks and manicures, it's saying no. Yeah. Um, it's saying no to your mother-in-law uh, when she wants to have a, a get-together, but you already had plans either for yourself or for yeah. your family. It's being able to say, no, not this weekend, but I'd love to another time. It's actually doing some more difficult things that falls into the social self-care as well. And it's interesting because as we're talking, I can see them all connecting, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can see the there's different things in different areas of your life, but there's also a bit of a commonality between all of them that, you know, if you're not kind of having boundaries in one area, it can weave into another, right? So yes. um, that's awesome. So what's our number six? Okay, so this is environmental self-care. Mm -hmm. This is the space that's that's around you. It's feeling up good about your living spaces um, and your working spaces. Now, when I talk about this one, I do not keep a pristine home. Mm -hmm. My house looks like it is lived in, and I'm comfortable with that. So when I say environmental and decluttering or what does your desk look like, that's gonna be very different for every single yeah. person. And I kind of want to back up just a second here is this self-care journey that I work with people on it is very individualized to the person. Mm -hmm. Something that works well for one is not going to be something that works well for the other. This right. is going to be very individual to the person, their story, their space. Um, so this environmental, 
you feel it. You know when something doesn't feel good. So I'm gonna go personal example, and this mm -hmm. relates to something you said earlier. We have a playroom. <laughs> and when I, I laugh because Disaster like everyone is going to relate to playroom, yeah. right? It yeah. takes you two hours to clean it up. It takes five minutes to hear that sound of destruction and everything is on the floor. Yeah. So sometimes I can walk right by that playroom and I'm fine. When I'm in a less healthy state, I know that I'm walking by that room and it's just paying on me every time mm -hmm. I see it. So um, there was actually, a, it wasn't too long ago, I, I didn't have the energy to just go in and clean the entire thing. I didn't have the capacity for that. Mm -hmm. Instead, on the hour, I set five minute timers. When the timer, when that alarm went off, I went and worked on it for five minutes. When the, when the timer was done, I walked away. And I just did that throughout the day. And what I found was not only did I make insane progress on that playroom, um, but I ended up spending a little bit longer than five minutes a lot of the times because you get into the groove of doing what mm -hmm. you're doing, you feel good about it. By the end of the day, that playroom was clean and it my house felt light a candle worthy. Yeah. <laughs> so when my spaces are cleaned up, I light a candle yeah. and it'll feel good. So awesome. um, it's, it's really that environmental one is just recognizing that something doesn't feel good and, and you really need to do something about it. And again, taking those small steps to help make it right for you so that you can be in a better mental space. Again, so here crossing over into the mental space. Yeah, that's super interesting because I can pick up sort of how I feel in those moments. And for me, I'm kind of a bit of an opposite. I have to have everything clean. And it's right. not like it's not like I have to like scrub the floors, but it's like I have to have things in their place and tidy because it makes me feel better. Now, I know I probably drive everybody in my house crazy with it, <laughs> but everybody is really good because they help out. And obviously, like I have two boys, so my house is never like clean. It's usually messy and we have a playroom right. in the basement. But again, the boys kind of know like they need to clean up after right. they've taken something out and played with it. Very different when you have toddlers and kids that like to just dump the toy box completely yes. on the floor. <laughs> Um, their bedrooms are a different story. I almost, I have to back off on that one because that's their personal space. So for me, I walk in and they both have like, that's hard. Uh, they have tents, they have like, um, they use their, they use their bed sheets. And, um, this is what I was kind of struggling with lately. I'll give a bit of insight on this one, but they've been like collecting like what seems like garbage. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like cardboard <laughs> boxes and things they're like, Oh, can I have that egg carton? Can I have that like orange bag thing? And I'm like, okay. And it's become sort of this like collecting hoarding and it drives me insane. But I'm like, they're building stuff. They're creating. I, right. I can't get in the way and I from my own anxiety I have to just sort of close their door because that yes. is my that is my stuff and I need to sort of keep myself out of like getting involved with their spaces and they like it that way like they're not completely messy but in my head I'm like I couldn't live in a room where there was just like disaster everywhere <laughs> like I, I like everything in its place and I'm like whoo like I feel good like the, the floors are at least vacuumed and I'm not stepping in crumbs or anything like that but I find there's certain areas of my house I'm okay letting go and that's like their stuff their basement um their bedrooms and um that's kind of it but I get I get why people sort of need that space. So there needs to be a bit of balance and you can't have it all. Otherwise you become the crazy control freak at home. Um, right. So <laughs> you have to have a, a little bit of balance. And the other one I've noticed as well, when I was thinking about it, we were talking about desks, pa different partners. Sometimes some people are very, um, 
very creative and very messy on their desk and it can drive other people crazy, but that's how they function. And I have a very, again, my desk space is very clean, tidy, and I don't like to keep a lot of papers out, right? Like I like to have Mm -hmm. everything organized. And if you see a partner that's like complete chaos and there's papers on the floor and stuff, you almost like want to go in there and like tidy up, but you're like, no, and I have to do that myself. I'm like, no, no, that's their space. I almost have to just close the door. And and I can totally relate to the environmental. Right, that's why I'm saying this one is so different per person. So Mm -hmm. it really comes down to a personal feeling. You know when something in your environment is bothering you. You know when it's affecting you mentally. Um, But yours doesn't have to look like anybody else's. Mm -hmm. It just has to work for you. Mm -hmm. Another one that people don't think about as much in this when it comes to environment is I know for myself, I can be quite extroverted, but I also need quite a bit of alone time. Mm -hmm. So if I find that within my space, I've had people in it for a a long amount of time like a whole weekend we're in the house i can tell that it starts to wear on me and i then have to identify i just need a minute by myself so whether that's going for a drive or or going to um, a different room and not being bothered it's it's environmental i just need a moment to not be around other people to not have that energetic influence and then you take that time and you come back definitely this one makes me wonder is it the last one that we're going to go into here but maybe that's where it ties in but i was thinking when you say that it comes across more like you're an an empath people that absorb energy i'm very much an empath too and if i'm around i like being around a lot of people but i find i'm drained after and i need that sort of quiet mental time to sort of rejuvenate my space and my energy so maybe that's the next one so if you want to go 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 into that the last one yeah it's, it's our last leg Um, And this is spiritual Mm self-care. So I preface it by saying, when I say spiritual self-care, a number of people go to religion. Mm -hmm. It can be religion. It can be that if you are involved in religion, you believe you have certain beliefs, it is leaning into those. So if you found that you've pulled away from those and that you're missing them, part of it is leaning back into that belief system that you have. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, spiritual is actually much larger than that. And so we're talking your soul, your spirit. So in mind, body, spirit, we're talking your spirit. This is having um, beliefs and values that guide your life, be it within your religion or outside of your religion. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where you're going to find uh, meditation, gratitude, um, an acknowledgement that that you're you're a small piece of a very large picture. Mm -hmm. And that as that small piece within a very large picture, even you were put here with some kind of purpose, some kind of light to stand in, um, some kind of authenticity to bring forward, and that you, as that small piece in this big picture, are among many other small pieces. So it's just kind of being able to step back and look at that whole thing. So that in those days that you're feeling so uh, frenzied and busy and your your to-do list is so long, is taking a moment to step back. And I frequently say, just be where your feet are. Mm -hmm. What happened before doesn't matter right now. What happened in the future hasn't happened. The only thing that you can control is you within your moment. Just be where your feet are and have that acknowledgement that these, these expectations that you feel of yourself and that you feel that other people feel of you don't have to matter in that moment because it's about so much more than that. This is interesting because this is where I kind of go, like I'm not a highly religious person and I know we have some religious people in the group and I would imagine that when they start to feel like they're losing their track, they go back to their faith. 
Now, being spiritual myself, I think where I go with this one is that when I'm sort of feeling out of sorts or I need to make a big decision in my life, I find I go for a walk in nature or I will try to meditate. So it's almost like bringing that meditation and peace around me to quiet my mind and to kind of get that silence. And I'll do it sometimes even when I'm driving, like the boys um, talk quite a bit. And um, sometimes when I drop them off at school, afterwards I turn the radio off and I just like sit in silence and it's almost like I start to sort of listen and tune into what I need to know um, and I can get these decisions made like in times of silence yes yeah so I'm gonna touch on that so there's a few different things that you said so nature is big mm-hmm. um, regardless of your belief system there's a lot to be said for just stepping outside of your structures and going out into nature mm-hmm. um, the abundance of this earth provides for us including grounding um, it, Love it's it. endless. So just yeah. getting that fresh air and taking yourself out of that small scope and into the larger scope, um, nature. Also part of what you mentioned is that that quiet time to process. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I'm working with clients on on a regular basis is within their busy life, they're not taking the time to slow down for mental yes. processing. When they do slow down, they feel like they're wasting their time. So yeah. it's it's finding ways that they can slow down, that they still, still feel that within their individual story that they're being productive. But so for somebody, it might be gardening. Yeah. So gardening is a way that they're keeping their hands busy, mm-hmm. but they're keeping their mind free. So their mind can can process kind of what's happened. This really opens up the pathways for the creativity that we talked about earlier. Because if you can't process where you've been, yeah. um, you can't really clearly figure out where you're going. So there's just so much value in that space to allow yourself to um, kind of detox in a way from everything that's yeah. been going on. I love that. I can definitely um, agree with the aspect of feeling like you're not getting things done or like you're not being productive. Like I get in that space too sometimes um, because I am such a driven person and I want to get things done. I've noticed what helps me in that aspect is like you said, the gardening or we were painting our deck this year. Um, I'm getting things done, but I'm keeping my mind kind of open for creativity. Mm -hmm. And that's where ideas start to come out. Another one is, um, so, you know, putting exercise into it. So it's kind of like hitting one bird, you know, two stones Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Um, So for me, it's like getting out, walking the dog at the same time. The kids are getting exercise. I'm maybe connecting with my partner. um, And we're letting them sort of run ahead and we're connecting or I'm walking on my own and I'm sort of connecting with the nature around me. So for me, it's like I'm doing two or three things at once so I Mm -hmm. don't feel unproductive, but I'm also getting that space and serenity time where I'm like, okay, what do I sort of need to think about? Like what's going on? Or like if I have a decision I need to make. So I like that. So that's wonderful. Within within the space too, there's one thing that meditation. So people often think of meditation in a very specific way, but I wanted to touch on the point that that you were tying in. It can be done in many different ways. So whether you're listening to a guided meditation, whether you're meditating on a thought that you had, Mm -hmm. or you're taking a walk and letting your mind process, all Mm -hmm. of those can can fall in that space of meditation. It's just a matter of allowing the world to quiet down Mm -hmm. so that you can really tune into you and where your space is. I wanted to touch on gratitude just really quickly too, because a lot of this has to do with shifting your mindset yeah. from from fear-based mindset um, to overwhelm and uh, stress into that that um, more optimistic or hopeful mindset that that there are great things 
that are coming, um, that I am capable of achieving them. And that this in my life is what I'm really grateful for right now. Sometimes even the ugly stuff is something that you're really grateful for, for right now. So it's just wrapping your mind around that new framework that even the low points can, can lead to high points within your life and shifting that mindset into that, that gratitude mindset. I love that. Yeah, gratitude is a big one in our family and I think that's what's probably got us through some really tough times. Mm -hmm. I teach it to my boys and we almost do it like on a daily basis. We'll be driving somewhere and we all just say, hey, what are you grateful for today? And the kids can do it like that now. Like it's, it's pretty instant and it's great. Like I see them all the time and sometimes they'll bring it up like, mom, what are you grateful for today? Or we'll do it at the table. And it's kind of like our way of doing I would say a prayer at dinner or just being in gratitude for what's going on, you know, despite despite whatever goes on around us, right? So I love that. Right. Like we've got some really good points in here. So that was amazing. So thank you so much for coming on to <laughs> yeah, the podcast no. today and sharing this. How can our viewers actually get more information about these seven ways? I have a free guide on my okay. website called Seven Ways to Self Care. Um, so what that seven ways to self-care is going to do, um, you just log onto the website, sign up for it. It'll be emailed to you. It's going to review these seven ways, give you a real brief explanation of what they are, examples of what you can do within them. And one of the most um, advantageous points I find of the guide is there's some prompting questions for you. Yeah. So if you're not connecting to that one as much, or you could use a little bit more thinking around it, there's some prompting questions to help you kind of think it through just a little bit more so you can decide if that's an area where you might want to spend some time. That's wonderful. Yeah. I'll put that in the notes for everybody here. So I'll put um, Angela's website here so you can actually get the guide. So seven ways to improve your lifestyle right now. Um, and that's a free guide for you to download here. So thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you on the Nutritious and Delicious podcast here today, oh, thank Angela. Thank you.